everyone. Welcome to Read, Watch, Play. I'm Justin. I'm Cleo. I'm James. And I'm Corinne. And on this episode, we're going to be discussing the topic, Girls with Gifts Gathered by the Government. We are going to be talking about Firestarter, written by Stephen King. Stranger Things, by the Duffer Brothers. And Beyond Two Souls, developed by Quantic Dream. So these are all basically the same thing. Yeah, this was this is the most consistency we've had for a while. Like, I'm, too much consistency. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I, I posed the topic, and uh, I'm pretty sure it started the first time I watched Stranger Things, and I was like, oh man, this game had so many points where it reminded me of uh, uh, Beyond Two Souls, which is a game I had already played at that point, and... Man, I really wanna I really wanna make a topic off of this. What are we gonna read? And a friend of mine suggested Firestarter and we were like, Yeah, yeah, okay. And turns out, good choice because Apparently they the Duffer brothers read Firestarter and were like, Let's make a TV show and David Cage read Firestarter and was like, I'm gonna make a video game and and that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, we made a joke about this at the end of the last episode, but this is this is a it maybe it's just because we we got really specific with the genre. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the most specific topic we've ever had. Because we, when we tried looking for other things that might fit in terms of novels, there were always things that didn't tick off enough boxes, which is not normally a problem we have. So I do feel like we focused in really tightly. I don't think that's a problem. It's just it, it's markedly different from other topics. Yeah. It was just so alliterative. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's really what it is. It just happened to be like really fun to say. Yeah. I mean, it, it got a lot better when we we moved away from girls with geese gathered by the government. That yeah. was a much harder one. Yep. It's really just that one short story. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I think I I very specifically can think of a fairy tale that would technically fit that genre so if you're interested <laughs> I, certain interpretations of fly away home i suppose oh yeah that's gone, true gone okay so we gotta wind. read we've gotta watch <laughs> um anyway Shit. all right so our next topic is gonna be girls with geese gathered by the government look for that oh god we're gonna have to develop a video game first though so yeah <laughs> not next topic shameless self-promotion um <laughs> Yeah, so that was one thing I really wanted to ask about. Um, I mean, do we think that a lot of the similarities came from the fact that it was a very specific topic? Or do we think that even just within this thing that honestly could have been broader, there were still a lot of similarities? Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. Like, we were incredibly focused in choosing this topic, and, and we we got it down more so than we do a lot of others. But I do think there was still plenty of room for for these stories to have been told in markedly different ways. And that just didn't happen. Stranger Things is the one that probably differentiates the most. It, it really, it is a story of a girl with gifts who is, you know, gathered by the government. Um, but I think from there, it, it differentiates in a lot of ways. That's um, true. It's it's a couple other stories as well. Right. And that's because yeah. it's not just it's not the story isn't really truly centered around Eleven. Right. It's centered around Mike and his friends and Eleven. And Eleven's origin is very similar to Charlie's. Charlie, Charlie, but, Charlie. But, <laughs> but just slightly different. And like I, I think Stranger Things is probably like if we if Beyond hadn't been so explicitly like Firestarter in like more ways than Stranger Things, I think these would have felt a little more different. But Stranger Things was similar enough, and then Beyond was right there, that they all feel that much more, like, directly connected. I would say that it, one of the big areas that I really kind of wished we had seen a bit more differentiation, we talked about this a bit in the in the Beyond episode, um, because we talked about how close it came, uh, would have been in kind of that, like, father figure scientist role. I mean, in, in Firestarter, I guess, arguably, it's a bit less. I mean, you've got Rainbird, who's, I guess, maybe maybe only really feels like he fits that mold because, kind of like what you were saying, Justin, like, because the other two have it so much to a T that it feels like Rainbird sort of falls into it. But, I mean, in Firestarter, you've got Andy, who's the much more explicit, like, father figure, right? Um, I think I think what comes out of it for me is that, like, Beyond and Stranger Things both have the not-father father figure who is also a scientist related to the experiments that are happening to you 
And also and, ends up being a bad guy. Right. And in Firestarter, we get fake father figure, friend figure, mm-hmm. who is secretly the bad guy. Yeah. Um. So there's less, like, direct connections, right? Yeah. And... To to me, it feels the most different, if only because we know Rainbird is a bad guy from the beginning, right? And I suppose we know that of um, Eleven's quote unquote dad. Yeah, um, I feel like you, that you at no point do you ever go. It's like, hmm, wonder if this guy's all right. Right. Side note: Why the fuck does he want her to call him Papa? That's creepy and weird. I think it makes he he was creating uh, a a. An author- like an implicit authority. He raised her as her father, right? They they took her when she was a newborn. Yeah. And yeah. they he cast himself as her father so that she would feel more need to listen to him and obey him than she would if he was just this scientist who had authority over her. Like she would be I feel like Eleven would be more naturally rebellious if she didn't believe that that guy was her father. I guess, but also she's got no reason to understand what a real family structure is. If the organization controls. That's true. I guess there's a certain amount of nature versus nurture here. The idea of implicit in humans, you know, obedience of of parents to a certain extent. Yeah. I I don't think it makes it not creepy and weird. No, definitely still (laughs) is. I just don't understand it. Yeah. I feel like that remains an astute observation here. (laughs) Um, Astute, really? Pretty it's pretty low-hanging fruit in terms of observations. <laughs> like, just take the compliment, all right? <laughs> I reject your compliment. Everybody should be able to grab this fruit. <laughs> um, but yeah, the like Nathan is you know the father figure, friend figure who uh, we don't know is going to be bad, right? Like they they pretty specifically cast him as a good, caring, you know, individual who we as players want to. Like, can get behind. He is sympathetic. We see things from his point of view. Um, we root for him to an extent, right? And then we get to the end, and we have what I refer to as the record scratch twist. Yeah. Where it's just like, nope, none of that is true. He's actually crazy. He never got over his family's death. Uh, and Jody is just a tool. And it's like, none of that makes any sense. Yeah. Except within the context of these other things where you are primed to think that he's probably going to be the bad guy. Because that's how these stories seem to be constructed. I mean, he's also played by Willem Dafoe. So, like, there was never really any doubt in my head that he was the bad guy. That's true. But that's, you know, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. That's not his fault. These things are all super similar. And it's kind of interesting to talk about, like, what the tropes are. But there's not a huge amount of, like, fun differentiation to do. We can go through and be like, oh, well, this is the place where, like, this thing did something kind of different or something, like, changed up the formula a bit with that. Now, Firestarter created the tropes and then Stranger Things and Beyond kind of recreated them beat for beat. Yeah. I think I think uh, Stranger Things sort of in a tongue-in-cheek way. Yes, and, for sure. And uh, yeah. Beyond Two Souls really just unironically. And I feel like part of it might be that um, I think a lot of the the tropes kind of evolved a little bit um in isolation as well you know you've got you you very much have you we were talking about x-men um gonna keep referencing um you you definitely have this separate trope of gifted people being gathered by the government for experimentation you've got a separate trope of um uh just kind of girls and young women with psychic powers you i mean you don't even have to look very far to find those stephen king is just chock full of that yep um and that pulls into all kinds of other things. You've got, um, I would, you know, plenty of tropes. I would imagine it, this one's harder for me to specifically come up with other examples of, but kind of those just like a lot of this was kind of like scientist relationships that ended up being part of this. But it seems like it's each of these tropes kind of then developed. You know, they they went their separate ways and became separate tropes and just come back together every so often. Yeah, it's like those tropes are like specific stories unto themselves right specific yeah. types of stories yeah and they only come together yeah like you said just in specific instances at at different points in time yeah and maybe that's part of it is that just it maybe that some of it is that specificity and that we're we're talking about a few pretty well developed i don't know like it plot lines 
and so we're looking specifically at the places where where those streams cross but yeah and and i mean that's what i think right because again when we were discussing what we wanted to use for this topic we kept trying to be like well we could do this thing oh but it doesn't tick off this box it it ticks off these two but not this one yeah and it was like it it was that stuff right where like the 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 psychic girls the psychic girls involving the government or the the psychic girls involving a kidnapping story or like like there are enough that these factors all stand in their own as like potential topics yeah that yeah, yeah. It just it is kind of unfortunate though that when you do get a convergence of these tropes uh that it seems that they pull a whole host of other stuff with them yeah i did really like i i don't know if they were explicit callbacks but um things like uh during parts of beyond where you uh can shake down a payphone to get money during homeless um i don't know if that's an explicit reference to firestarter it 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 very well might not be. I think I don't think that's a terribly hard, you know, thing to come to, you know, independently. But it, it does feel that way, though. I feel like it could go either way. But yeah, like it's it's an interesting it's interesting where you do see these kind of echoes between the two, even in the like way more specific things. Oh, that was pretty cool. I didn't even know you could shake down a payphone and beyond. I stole from the ATM. Yeah, we went right for the ATM. What are you doing looking for change? Oh, I busked. I. <laughs> But I, I, I like I, I tried some of the things to like see what would happen, and then Jody was just like, "I'm not a thief, and I'm not going to take that." And then so I just like walked around, and I found a guy with a guitar. Jody was like, "I know I'm not a thief," and I was like, "Yeah, you are." And she's like, "Well, I need to eat." Like an instant <laughs> 180. It was really funny. Weird. We didn't yeah. even need the dissonance of separate chapters. Yeah. yeah. It just, yeah, right there. Uh, I mean, to me, I can write that off as desperation. It's like, no, I can't do this. But she's not, she, it's like a, she doth protest too much kind of thing. It's like, yeah. oh no, I could never. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look, it's in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's weird. I guess I should spend it. I mean, my fingerprints are on it now. So <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that was kind of neat. Just kind of that there was that certain kind of those other echoes that sort of came through them there. Yeah. Um. It, it, this does feel like a set of things. Like, obviously, Firestarter is not going to be referential anyway, but it does feel to me like Stranger Things and Beyond almost should be specifically referential to Firestarter because if they're not, it's like you're trying to deny that you're clearly riffing on this thing. I guess the thing that I'm more curious about is are they riffing on that thing or are they riffing on the same set of separate tropes? Um, and maybe not necessarily Firestarter explicitly is one of the things that pulled them together early on. I mean, yeah, it is It is certainly possible that, you know, David Cage sat down and was like, I'm going to write this kind of story and it's going to involve like X, Y, and Z major themes and yeah. go. But it's like when Firestarter embodies those major themes and is, you know, have been around, has been around for 40 years, has had a movie and a poor, poorly made sequel and now probably a TV series coming. It's just like Firestarter is such a part of the like, pop culture consciousness of anybody who was alive when it came out or even not in in our case um, i i was completely unaware of it until you brought it up or yes uh you brought it whoever brought it up Kern brought it up Kern brought it up. i did but I've, I've always been a big fan of stephen king i guess maybe um, yeah maybe that's my logic is i just assume that you're the one who brings up stephen king stuff yeah but yeah it's it's one of those things where like i feel like it's 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 not one of his best known stories but it's up there mm. And it just feels like somebody like David Cage ending up making this kind of story like has to have been aware of Firestarter, in my mind. Seems fair. It's too coincidental to have so many connections. You've got the mother who, who you know, they don't experiment on her to create her psychic powers, but she does have limited psychic powers. And then she has she gets pregnant and they're like, oh, man, we need to watch the kids. And they take the kids and it's like, you know, she never gets to know them and. Very specifically drug experiments, though. Yeah. Well, Firestarter was drug experiments. So was Stranger Things. Yes. Because yeah. th- those both riffed on the 70s LSD experiments. Like, those were yeah, those were yeah. a real thing, and they were lifting this, like, supernatural story out of that. Yeah. Whereas Beyond was based in the modern day. Yeah. Yep. Harder to make that connection. Yeah. But I, I feel like I sort of get the impression that sort of a would have if they could have. Though I guess I am also not really sure. This one is, I feel like we've, we've spoken a lot about uh, Quantic Dream being a French studio, but I wonder uh, to what extent America's history with LSD experimentation. Like, I feel like that's the kind of thing that like a lot of Americans have like heard at some point. It was like, oh yeah, CIA did some weird shit in the 60s and 70s. Um, I, don't, I wonder if that's something that people outside of the States are, are aware of. I don't know, but that's like a not. weird thing to be an American thing. I, I, that amuses me. 
Although I do think the British were also doing LSD experiments. Oh, I'm sure everyone was. Maybe that's what it is. It's just every every major every major government with with any kind of espionage program was just also doing these experiments themselves. So it's not uniquely American, but every country is just like, yeah, we were doing these things, and I don't really know if anybody else was. Seems likely, but I I don't know for certain. Mm. I don't know. I I feel like when you're when we're comparing all three titles here. They kind of fall, maybe maybe this is just me, but they seem to fall on a kind of clear spectrum to me. Like, with Stranger Things on one end being, having to do with these, like, creepy, this creepy monster and this creepy upside-down place, and just, like, really kind of emphasizing the supernatural element. And then on the other side, you have Firestarter, which is much more kind of, I feel silly kind of saying that, like, like, scientific, I, I don't know, like, oh these drug experiments and that's why this happened. And it's much, that's it's much more focused on that. Like stranger things. I barely even remember that was what had happened because it was kind of a throwaway thing a little bit, like a throwaway explanation. They just included because they probably felt they had to. And then we have in between beyond because you have, you know, the, the more sciencey stuff and like the, you know, the research that's being done on her. Not that that wasn't happening to 11, but then you also have these entities and Iden that are, and the, infra world infra world right yeah that's kind of upside down ish um and so this is going to lead me into the question that we pretty much always ask during our topic topic episodes which is uh which world slash story would you prefer to live in well none of the worlds are particularly interesting in a in a in a like they're like different enough from our world to be that compelling Right? Like, they're all based in our world, but just slightly different. And okay. if we're living in those worlds, we don't necessarily get to be the people who have these powers that exist in this version of our universe. So, like, the most interesting part of it is out the window. So, I guess two things. One, I guess the question should be, which world do you think becomes the least apocalyptic? Mm-hmm. And two, the actual question we should be asking is, which set of powers would you prefer to have or the question could be like if if it's not necessarily you who has the powers like you could be one of the people dealing with because there's a lot of people around whatever character has the abilities in each of these stories um and i don't know i felt like even though there was so much there was a lot of similarities between all three things i felt tonally they were kind of fairly distinct like they all like all the atmospheres seem fairly different to me but it could just be me yeah i would agree with that 100 percent. yeah i think it has a lot to do with point of views at least in the aspect of firestarter versus stranger things it's like firestarter you're you're switching between andy and charlie sure but it's it's all sort of they're they're together most of the time and then when they're not together it's it's very static whereas with stranger things it's like mostly about the kids which gives you almost like a different look at the same time period, you know? Hmm. Um, and then beyond is like ultimately telling a very different kind of story yeah. than the other two are. And it's much darker, which gives it that tonal inconsistency. Yeah. I think just in general, also uh, stranger things tends to oscillate a lot more between um, kind of the, the scary high tension and kind of being actively funny. Whereas I feel like in Firestarter, the closest to funny you get are like just sort of moments of of peace. Um, I mean, Firestarter's comic relief comes from the shop, right? You know, it the kind of just sort of like the the bumbling bureaucracy of yeah. government agencies, um, and just like moments of Charlie being kind of cute. Yeah, I don't know that I would call that comic relief though. You know, like no, Stranger just, Things, those are just like be... relief relief. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Whereas like Stranger Things gets to be actively funny. Charlie doesn't really get that luxury. That's true. Um, which I think does a lot to convey like her just day to day life, which I think is kind of cool. I, I thought it was really interesting the way that all of them used horror to some extent. But I think we should get into that later. I think first we should address Corinne's questions. And I would even go so far as to say I, I know which world I would rather live in. Uh, I would rather live in the world of beyond where you get a scientifically confirmed non judgmental afterlife. Um, wow, that's a really good point. Like, I mean, it fucked the world. Like, it, that was the whole big thing, right? Where you would say, it's like, okay, so you live for, let's say you live for 100 years. Uh, but then you get, like, if you if you choose beyond in any of the endings, 
like she explicitly describes like how the afterlife works and it's like yeah it's not heaven it's not hell it's just like a place and it's pleasant and she's like i can be in it's all a medium of it place yeah exactly it's like i can be in like all of it at once and still not have like seen everything there is to see and just like the way she describes it, it's like yeah just you'd get a scientifically confirmed non-judgmental afterlife uh but make sure you make your peace before you go or else you're a ghost i mean i guess the downside is you get ghosts and ghosts are spooky. Um, <laughs> it's true. Confirmed ghosts spooky. Ghosts have historically very spooky hands. Yeah, 100%. I was surprised. General lack of spooky hands in Beyond. Considering all the jump scares <laughs> they go for, not a lot were hand-based. No. Um, but Lots of unfortunate hand movements when you couldn't, uh, you couldn't make uh, the uh, right uh, action decisions. Yeah. But not really spooky hands, no. Yeah, agreed. So, I mean, it... I would say that would be the big like my guess that my guess would be that most people don't really interact with the Christ, the entities um worst name um right you know the infra world is just the afterlife I mean yeah so I I would guess I I guess that would be the one thing is you'd get a scientifically confirmed non-judgmental nice afterlife and that seems pretty sweet um but when it comes to uh the other questions which were and I right, look at what powers would you rather have? And what was, what was the other one? Oh, uh, we started talking about tone and we sort of, I'd like to come back to that. Cause I think that's a really good discussion, but it was, which world is the least apocalyptic. That's right. But I think you put it forward a good argument for why to, you would select beyond two souls, which is arguably the most apocalyptic world. Indeed. Or at least the most explicitly apocalyptic. Yeah. Right. We, I mean, we there's a it. good, there's a good reason to, to choose to live in the beyond world. Apocalypse aside. But I mean, the least apocalyptic has to be Firestarter. Well, as long as she doesn't blow try up the to sun. try to expunge the recent season two like trailer for season for Stranger Things season two from your brain, and then answer the question again. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like there's more Stranger Things to come, and clearly shit's fucked. But um. If yeah, it's just I mean, I Stranger guess Things if season it's one. Just Stranger Things season one, then you don't have a little girl capable of destroying the solar system by overheating the sun or whatever the fuck it was that she was gonna do. Uh, yeah, I guess it's probably Stranger Things because like Firestarter isn't explicitly apocalyptic, but she could make it happen whenever she wanted to. Yeah. Whereas I don't think Eleven is capable of ending the world. Probably. As far as we know, yeah. as as per as the of the end of season one, eleven doesn't exist anymore. As per the parameters of of this topic and of the limitations we put on ourselves, we we have no idea whether the Stranger Things kids go to school in awesome Ghostbusters costumes. We <laughs> we don't know anything about any overwrought waffle company references that are not as funny as everyone seems to think they are. It's very frustrating to me. <laughs> Who and knows what might happen in the future with any of these things? <laughs> Except that there will we be have waffles. No knowledge of multi-headed sky beast shadows and that look that you know hypothetically, if we knew anything about them, would look an awful lot like the entities from Beyond Two Souls, and might also be reminiscent of a Thessal Hydra. Just throwing some random D and D knowledge out at you. Yeah, exactly. But also. Very pointed and valid D and D knowledge. Yeah, I we said in the episode is is a hard need. <laughs> yep. So questions of apocalypse sites. I feel like that's that that seems kind of a a matter of a matter of a record. Uh, what would what would people choose for the powers? I think I want to be Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. I provided I, would... I could. I guess provided I could control it. <laughs> yeah. That's. I feel like that that's the big thing that stops you from immediately saying Charlie is like that. That's a big I, to what degree is that like a big conditional? Yeah. Well, Charlie's powers have the least personal cost for using them, which I think is a big reason to pick Charlie's powers. Well, I mean, she does talk a lot about the feeling that she, like if she lets it go, she's going to literally burn up from the inside. Sure. <laughs> but, so I guess, you know, provided that you can control them is a big caveat to that. Um, but yeah. I mean, Eleven's been exercising her powers her whole life, and she still like it takes, it takes a physical toll. Yeah, on it takes her, a yeah. huge physical toll on her, like very quickly. Yeah, for all like no matter how powerful she is, like using her powers physically hurts her. Right. True. And Charlie doesn't seem to really ever like she doesn't even. I feel like she's 
like in the book, she talks about doing more and more stuff, but never really feeling exhausted. Yeah. I mean, she's, it, she talks about the experience being like draining, but not like it's like, like physically exhausting her or, or harmful in any way. Yeah. Not, not like we see with 11. Yeah. Almost like more emotionally draining than it is like physically draining. Yeah. And Jody doesn't really have powers. Jody, like, yeah, there's this mm. like everybody seems to think that Jody controls Aiden and makes Aiden do things, right? But I think she can psychically encourage him to do specific things, but like he is pretty autonomous. Yeah, frankly, the game's not good about that. Yeah. Um, it's it goes a lot of in a lot of different directions, and it's not always clear whether that's the character not understanding the relationship or if it's um. It, it, the game not really characterizing like, the yeah, like yeah. what it what it's looking for but um there are um a few different there a few times when i believe that jody can exercise a certain amount of um psychic power independent of Aiden. um it's limited but i i didn't see it myself but i did see it in um as i was doing kind of a, a read through i was really curious about the um the the dinner chapter uh because it felt like the kind of thing where there would actually be like a um it felt like there were a lot of variables uh in that so i was really curious if it was the kind of thing where it ended up being a really interesting um one-off thing where you could create a lot of different uh end results Mm -hmm. turns out not a huge amount of variety in the actual end results Um, not surprising yeah which is too bad because it's really seemed like there there might be a lot of potential there um but uh when when the doorbell rings did did anyone uh go outside and get locked out yeah i made the mistake i i heard that during that uh there is some it, i don't know if it's the way you get in or a way you get in but this is what something i was thinking that, yeah when you were at when you brought it up it, it reminded me so when you get out there yeah you know you go into Aiden mode mm-hmm. um but in the case that we were playing two players so that would always mean it went to corinne's controller but it didn't right and it's jody being like no i'm the one in control here Aiden. And she, like, forces him to unlock the door or something Mm -hmm. along those lines and, like, gets a nosebleed, I think. Like, it does take a physical toll on her trying to exert her influence over Aiden. Yeah. So that was that was the one thing that I'd seen. And uh, just in the in the little write up that I saw, it kind of suggested like, well, it's unclear whether she is necessarily exerting control over Aiden or if she is, like, using a separate psychic power that they both share and that just usually Aiden is in command of. But it can be her power as well. Right. Um. Or even just that she never tries, right? Because Aiden's there. Right. So I, there is technically some evidence that Jody has some degree of powers of her own, but it's really not explored. It strikes me as it ends up feeling more like kind of a weird, like, plot band-aid. Yeah. yeah. Or almost like they were, you know, they were think they were thinking about establishing something that just never materialized. Yeah, it never right? really comes together. But, you know realistically if you're talking about the jody power set it really is you know action figure comes with attachable Aiden. yeah you know, like... yes exactly <laughs> yeah because i mean a big part of it is even like the perception that Aiden provides right like if jody can always see through Aiden's eyes then that's a big part of of her sort of strength that's another thing that's kind of unclear she never seems sure actually where he is but if she can like see through his eyes and hear through like hear through him which she does seem able to do You'd think, but that... also selectively, right? Because like I remember the, the like the biggest moment for me is um when Ryan comes to to like take her from yeah uh, from Nathan and Cole, and like you you can it's actually tied to a trophy. You can mm-hmm. go listen to their conversation, yeah. But then Jody comes out, and either she's pretending to be completely unaware of what they were talking about, or she is completely unaware of what they were talking about. You can't be sure either way, but if you but. My guess is that it's played that way because if you choose not to go listen to the conversation, Jody has – they're not going to film the scene twice. Yeah. But it, it raises that question of like are you acting autonomously as Aiden at that – like does Jody have to actively want to perceive what Aiden is perceiving? Like does she have to swap her own awareness of self and perception for Aiden's yeah. and then see what he's seeing, right? And then like come back to herself and that's why she'll do it – she only does it at times or is she always partially aware? Yeah, and is but, that just a, a victim of the, the choice-based nature of the game? Which, God, the more we talk about this, the more I really wish that we just got a story that we interacted with. Right. Holy crap. Yeah. And and this is, it's, it's, def, it's like, definitively different depending on how you play the game. Yeah. Right? Because, like, 
we played in duo mode, which means somebody else was literally Aiden. And I had, I as Jody had no control over what Aiden did. Whereas when you play this game by yourself, you're controlling both of them and it gives you this wholly different experience or even idea of what their relationship kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Game's a mess. This I, is true. I, I don't even mean that in like a super like derogative way. Just like, I, I feel like that's just like the oh, acting. It's just messy. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't mean that as like a generically negative term. I just like it's, it's just a bit of a mess. It's got a lot going on and it's just kind of all over the place. Though, one thing that uh, some of that talk about, like whether she's like when she can actively perceive uh, what Aiden is perceiving, uh, does remind me of something I kind of wanted to say in the last episode. But um, the camera work in that game is really good, I feel like. There's a lot of situations where you're trying to move the camera, and of course, the move the camera stick is also the interact with stuff stick, which is yep. fantastic. <laughs> um, but when the game is in control of the camera, it largely, I think, does a really good job, again, not always, of um, putting it in places where you feel like it's that really clever way of putting the camera in a place where it feels like someone is watching you, like that you're seeing from the perspective of someone who is like spying on something. You know, it's it's not like you feel like you just have this awareness of stuff. It's you feel like the camera is a is a pair of eyes, even when you're not explicitly playing as Aiden. Um, so I think it does a really good job of that, which is another one of those things that I think blurs who you are because it's you, the player, seeing that, and you're kind of it's sort of suggested that it's what Aiden is seeing, right? Um, as you make choices as Jody, but <laughs> uh, confusing. But uh, one thing I I did want to I did want to throw out there while while we were kind of on one of the areas where I think that it it shines most is I do think it does a I do think that the camera work does an interesting job of giving you that sense of them as both the same and different. I know there's a part of me that says, though, that that would be a cool set of powers to get, though. I personally would definitely go for Jody and Aiden powers. Yeah. Yeah, so what would what would your reasoning be? Well, like, okay, so I know there's a creepy, weird aspect of, like, you're constantly with, like, another person. And, like, that, but if you, I feel like if you grow up with that, like, because, you know, she, they've been like that since they were, or she was born you would get used to it enough that it wouldn't necessarily be like super, I mean, given like it does like upset her, but I feel like if you get used to it from like childhood, then maybe the creepiness factor goes down a little bit. Um, and also it's just, I don't know, like it's an interesting power to me because it's comes with like another, there's like another person really. And it's just that you're connected to this like invisible person and that's your power. But also that invisible person slash ghost person is just like super telekinetic and psychic i don't know there's something to be said about having a superpower that is also kind of like companionship it's like having a familiar in a way except for your familiar is a person and invisible yeah and kind of a creep sometimes <laughs> yeah I, if, if i didn't were like less possessive then i would say for sure i can really get behind that idea yeah. See, that's that's really the the crux of it for me is I I would also say I but the big thing that does make me think about well is this better than Charlie's powers is what if my ghost is terrible <laughs> like what if they're just like a real shit because they they do seem to be a, a distinct person from you like there's there's no two ways around that it's you're not you're not guaranteed by any means like compatible personalities so that would be. That would be the one that I would that I'd be really curious about. Yeah. It's it's the one that stops that from being an, an auto pick for me. But I mean that's how I don't know, that's how just family works in general though, right? Like you don't get to pick. It's true. And you know. For the for the sake of argument, the easiest thing would be to say it's Iden. You get Iden. All of all of the like good things and the flaws just but that's even harder, right? Because you get a certain amount of choice over who Aiden is when you're playing. So, like, my Aiden was, like, generally helpful, but also a murderer in a bunch of scenes <laughs> because that's just what the game made me do. So my Aiden is all over the board. <laughs> my Aiden was pr pretty destructive without being necessarily evil, super evil, I guess. Yeah, I mean, your Aiden very much played up the petulant child thing when that was... And, like, way Doable. overblown protection of Jody. Yeah. Um, but, like, not really that evil. Like, you killed when it was, like, what Jody wanted or what Jody felt like she needed to do. But it's, like, the, the, because the way you played it, like, the times you had the opportunities to do things where it was clearly Aiden acting, 
like um like killing her foster father right mm-hmm. i didn't do that by the way yeah not i or uh did you strangle the kid the scene wouldn't end. We yeah. sat there. We did sit there for a while. That kid I, rubbed snow in Jody's face for a long time. But do you have the option of not doing something? Does do he we eventually know? stop? No. I, I, I think swear. you have to. He had him. a lot of snow. You don't have to kill him. No, no, no. We, yeah. yeah, we didn't. Can you kill him? I don't know. I just like flicked the button and was just like, eh? like I don't know. Like, and then it was just like, oh, oh, did you feel? Did you all see that? And I was like, what are you talking about? This would be like the rough equivalent of like my ghost hand grazing your neck and you're like oh 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 i'm dying blood she's a witch blood i'm dead yeah exactly like she's a witch i'm like in what world are all these other kids piling on for this and they're not just like you're weird yeah that's the thing this isn't like salem in 1912 right yeah there was a lot of like jumping to accusing her of witchcraft there was also a lot of like rapid 180 turns of like room tones yeah that's it but not not in the way that that word you that phrase usually means yeah like like the lights just change color (laughs) yeah no i I mean like like the 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 party that she goes to when she's a teen when all the kids very suddenly turn on her like viciously and it's like why is this like have you met a child david cage yeah that was weird they're like really slightly rude in the beginning which feels in character and that's fine and then they just they go from being like kind of rude to the weird girl who they were forced to invite to this party to like openly hostile and threatening like really threatening yeah i don't know yeah like i mean locking her into the cupboard under the stairs threatening Wait, there's something very important we didn't discuss in our Beyond episode, and that is awkward video game dancing. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we Actually, we didn't talk about that chapter at all. Did any of you burn down the house? Corinne did. I did oh, not. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, <laughs> fuck those I was like, fuck this up, fuck that up, fuck this up, fuck... No, maybe not the... Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was too late. <laughs> I was like, well, we didn't need to burn it down. It's like, <laughs> yes, no. we did. <laughs> uh, I, I did not. For, I I just got out of there. You didn't do anything to them? I felt like that's what... it. That was one of those kind of weird moments where I was like, I don't feel like I know Jody well enough to know what Jody would do. I don't think that she's the kind of person who would burn down the house. But I did, though, kind of just like come down to just like what actual, like what young kid James would have done. And that's just leave just get out yeah just get out of there and say fuck them i'm done with this like i i'm just gonna like go home and cry about this and just that'll be that'll be that yeah i guess that's where we defer i definitely would have been like if i was in jody's shoes and had the ability i would be like yeah let's fuck some shit up and i would scare the hell out of them and mess with them and then leave and so that's why I picked what I picked. And me playing Aiden, I would get the... Fr- I would you get, would burn the house I down. would get licensed to, to do that, and then I would be like, okay, bitches better learn, and there, here we are. And then I would regret it, <laughs> and there we were. I feel like older James would be more likely to, I don't know, like, I don't know. I still might just leave. I would I would make it known, like, wow, you guys are terrible. Yeah. But I, I don't think I would have done that but certainly like as a kid because again that's what i was going on there like okay this is early in the game i don't have a sense of who any of like my characters are yet so the best you can do is project yourself at that time and that i'd been sort of trying to be non-violent later but i was like okay so i guess this is one of those moments where i can decide is jody just not a violent person or a vengeful person or does she try and take some vengeance here and then ends up going too far and then regrets it later and that's why she's like hesitant to use her powers because she burned a house down and i'm glad i didn't try going that way because she's not hesitant to use her powers for anything else there's no way that you can play that game in which she like slowly comes to terms with the good she can do which i was like oh that would be an interesting way it's just not (laughs) nope yeah it's not even an option so i'm glad that i did what i did do because it was the only way that i could even be a little bit consistent but but yeah but no when it comes to the awkward video game dancing though um, which I feel like is doubly frustrating because when it came into like the, it was like, it was like kiss him or move away. I did not realize that they were moving in towards a kiss because I thought it was just like, okay, you can either just keep dancing 
or you can advance or you can retreat. I'm just like, no, this is, I'm just happy with here. And it's like, okay, you chose to kiss him. I'm like, I did no such thing. Yeah, that, that's the thing. If you're given a choice in that game, you just have to pick or they force it on you. That This is where I learned and that. You have, a, you have a default choice. This is where I learned. Yeah. I, I was frustrated with how that whole thing went because I was also playing Jody as more chatty than I think she would have been. Because yeah, I definitely I, played her as very like she just sort of owned the the social butterflyness of it, and I that ultimately I regretted that decision. And I can tell you exactly why I did it. I did it because I didn't know anything about my own character, so I needed to have her talk about herself, so I knew what was going on. <laughs> like, which is explicitly the reason that I gave myself when I was like. I want to know more about her, so let's have her tell this guy about herself so I know who I'm playing. Which is, I guess, is a way to get you to be more social so that they can come and be mean to you about it later. But, yeah. But that was some, like, Commander Shepard-level dancing, though. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think, Cleo, you, you like Mass Effect as much as I do, right? You've played the trilogy? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, and, yes. man, dancing in those games... <laughs> Uh, I mean, also, we were talking about Life is Strange, right? And, like, awkward video game dancing there. I mean, that was one of the things. That whole chapter of the party chapter reminded me a lot of Life is Strange. Yeah, for and sure. And then dancing started, and I was like, this is definitely very similar. <laughs> you know, someday someone's going to get that right. And and that'll that'll really be a, that'll really be the next generation. <laughs> we'll go back and we'll talk about generations of constantly. Like, oh, yeah. This is the one, you know, 3D became a thing, and then HD graphics, and this is the one where they started getting dancing right, and <laughs> that's, <laughs> this is when we got online. Um, to, to, to broaden us out a bit, oh, I guess. To, to keep this from being Beyond Two Souls, the episode part two. Yeah. yeah uh, which, which government organization would you prefer to be held hostage by? I guess maybe the shop. They feel like the least effective. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I was going for as well. That that was my instinct. Also, it's like okay, which which is the one that I feel like would fuck it up the worst? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, they were pretty awful to Andy. Yeah. Like yeah, that was pretty bad. I mean, the thing is, they are ultimately a pretty ruthless organization. They just kind of they didn't realize what they were getting themselves into with Charlie. Yeah. Is kind of what it comes down to. That's a good question. I mean, the the Department of Paranormal Activities, right? That's the... Yeah, DPA. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking the CIA in that situation. No. Yeah. Technically the DPA. Yeah, this is like a fake, you know, supernatural government organization. No, no, no. Well, I guess the argument's for both, because she's gathered by the CIA. Yeah, I, I thought... by the DPA. Yeah, I thought the government agency by which we were being held hostage in this situation would be the CIA, not the DPA. Right. I was I was aware of the DPA, but that that seemed like less of a hostage situation. Yeah, I mean, I guess she's, she's not that much of a hostage. Like, she's not technically a hostage in either. She's more of a hostage when it comes to the CIA and not the DPA. No, because if you I sign was, the right forms, you can sell your children to the government. <laughs> I, I was thinking more like, yeah. which government organization are you gathered by, right? Which is like, in Stranger Things and in Beyond, these girls are taken as newborns. Right. Right. By these government organizations. But, and, my, and then, but by the CIA and Beyond, though, and then given to the foster parents who give her to the dpa because isn't it like it's no, the, the general DPA, the dpa in... was running the experiments but it was the general who's the one who's talking about like well the thing is i, like, I mean the dpa and the like cia seem to work hand in hand yeah May, i mean the dpa could be in so much as it could be a, a department of the cia as opposed to being its own like governmental agency yeah that's never really clear yeah um but I mean, like, the DPA was running the experiments, and the DPA, like, it seemed to me like the DPA decided to take Charlie from her mother and put her in foster care. Because, like, Nathan knew about the whole thing. Right. And it seemed like Nathan had been part of that decision-making process. Yeah. It was unclear to what degree at that point. But yeah, I guess. Yeah. I just, I always thought of it as the DPA being behind things, but the CIA being aware of what was going on and being like, she is an asset, we want her now. Got it. I thought of it more as Nathan not being directly involved until we see him becoming explicitly involved. And it might have still been the DPA, but at least like the whole like Nathan and Cole in their little room. Right. Um, that was their early involvement. I mean, I still have to go with, I think, beyond in this case, because if we're talking about not only just like who's grabbing us, theoretically but who's like 
kind of raising us from a young age. Definitely Stranger Things is last on my list of preferences. Yeah. Uh, that sounds horrible. Um, probably followed by Firestarter because I don't, I mean, it, was, it wasn't as bad, but like still not cool. Um, and then I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd mind being raised by Nathan and Cole. They seem like, you know, out of all of our options, probably the kindest and the most actually like caring about Jody as a person rather than just like an asset. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I guess I, yeah, I was really thinking more like the end when like the general grabs you and just tries to put you into a coma. Yeah. That's pretty shitty. Yeah, that, I feel like that would be, that would be pretty awful. But, but yeah, the, the early game parts. Yeah, that's, if I had to pick one. <laughs> I think you all make good points about <laughs> uh, government agencies and having heard all of the arguments. Um, yeah, I, I'd probably go with Beyond as well because... I mean, ultimately, Jody does get to go live her own life at the end of the day. I mean, she had to also destroy a government installation to do that. But she walked out of there with $500,000 if you picked that path. So, Which, of course, I did. Yeah. I did not. Yeah. As I said repeatedly, in this economy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, there's this negative reason. And there's this negative reason. Every time I was like, Karen, but, but yeah, but. And I was like, oh, those are all good points. That's like you get you're given the choice of whether or not to take it. And I was like, why would I even say no? And then I thought about it. I was like, okay, I guess there's reasons to say no. But why would I ever say no? Yeah, I will gladly take your blood money. I feel like this is one of the more like pulpy topics we've done for a while. Yeah, I like the recurring theme of shaven head headed girls. (laughs) Like, well, at least we have that in Stranger Things and also in Beyond. I guess we don't have that in Firestarter, right? I don't they don't ever shave Charlie's head. (laughs) It's interesting how many things are like true of uh Beyond Two Souls and Stranger Things that explicitly deviate from Firestarter. I mean, I guess that that makes total sense, but it's interesting that that's where the overlap happens more frequently. That makes some sense, just because kind of proximity and creation, yeah. even if uh, difference in setting. Yeah, might also help that they are both more visual. Um, Whereas Firestarter needs to like explicitly like write something in, and if it's not written in, you don't know. Whereas uh, Stranger Things doesn't get to not tell you what Eleven looks like. That's true. <laughs> There's something since I wasn't here, since I had I had suffered from that um cannibalism incident during that one LARP, right? Um, and the I wasn't party here LARP. for the yeah the daughter party LARP. You know, this is very new, very experimental. Um, since I wasn't here during the Stranger Things episode, there was one thing that I wanted to say, which is that if I were to have a child, I am pretty sure that child would be exactly like Dustin. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess that could be a question like, which, which of the Stranger Things children would you like to have as your own child? (laughs) I, does anybody say anything but Dustin to that? Lucas is pretty cool. I mean, I guess everybody has their merits. Eleven. She can live in the woods on her own pretty easily. Very (laughs) self-sufficient. I don't want children. (laughs) Yeah, I guess guess it really comes down to it. That's my answer. you pick the one who can live in the woods? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) She's got power. She'll be safe from bears. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> another interesting thing crossover thing we have here between um beyond and firestarter actually this time is store uh, like characters who are native american but we have very different uh very different characters i wonder if there do you guys think there's a reason why that has been a recurring theme yeah that's one where i i'm curious if that was conscious in the making of beyond two souls i i do know it we talked a little about the navo chapter it i i know that i i saw someone go through it's like look you know overall this is fine but when they do the flashback there's there's a lot of different stuff from various different like regions uh of america like this there, if they're gonna explicitly make them navajo they could just stick to it yeah there's like not only are these not navajo it's not even that the other things are internally consistent they're like not only not navajo but from part like various different tribes and i was like it's i'm not gonna lie i 
I wouldn't pick that up, but I'm also at the point where I I assume that something like that's probably going to do a bad job. Yeah, most, especially when most it's made by do. French developers. Like, we can't get that shit right when it's actually Americans. Yeah, so I don't, you know, I don't really hold them to it. But it is it is the kind of thing where I wonder if it was a conscious decision to to kind of try and do a better job than Firestarter. Uh, you know, better being kind of a, a relative term. We had that, our whole conversation in the Firestarter one. Yeah, but, I mean, I do, I do think there's that benefit, right? Like, to Firestarter it. There's nothing like stereotypical about that character, right? Yeah. Um, I have um, kind of like mixed feelings about Rainbird uh, as like whether or not he is stereotypical as a Native American character because I couldn't help but get the feeling that because the whole thing about him, like the way he wanted to murder Charlie and the way that he kind of approached death and his attitude about death in general seemed very, very spiritual. And there is a tendency when people are, you know, non-Native American people are writing Native American characters to really emphasize the spiritual aspect of it and, like, the connection to nature and stuff and just completely just take a sliver of their understanding of what that's like and just, like, run with it in a really weird direction and it'll kind of, like, assume that... I don't They build, like, weird characters off of that, like, their, you know, very narrow view of what that actually is and so i went my one worry with rainbird was like are they saying that because of his spirituality that's connected to his ancestry and heritage like that's what's making him such like psychotic wanting to kill charlie in this very specific way and i guess like with beyond the characters are very positive they're not like you know crazy murderous weirdos but at the same time i felt like maybe there was just too much of an eagerness to really run with the spiritual aspects without fully grasping them and kind of like just really sh- looking at stuff from a surface level and thinking that's like making assumptions based on that. I guess that's where I was, where I was coming to it. Like there's a certain amount of, of like more stereotypical treatment in beyond if if only because they're explicitly being like, oh, spirituality, Native Americans, these things go together, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I hadn't I had never really picked up on it that way in um in Firestarter, because it's I feel like in a like especially in modern culture, which again Firestarter is not, but there's there's a lot of this like sociopaths or psychopaths who are who are obsessed with death in a very specific way, that that was just sort of how I read it. Yeah, I think that's that's not an, an unfair read. I think the, the thing that ends up kind of being difficult there is it's hard to say what the intent was because I, I could see it being kind of both ways pretty. Yeah, that's pretty what easily. I mean. Like it it makes perfect sense to me that it could absolutely yeah. be tied to the fact that he is Native American. It just never occurred to me. Yeah, I think that Navajo definitely ends up kind of walking a little bit of a line there. And you, you mentioned that it is there is kind of a, a not even kind of there's a certain white savior um element to that kind of a story um it feels like it is kind of intended to sort of play against um homeless where there is like it seems like a similar story to that and i wonder if those two are placed close to each other in the the gameplay order um so that they can like parallel each other and it's kind of supposed to be more of like a no this is just like the period in jody's life where she sort of wanders into these uh families and brings something to the table just like they are helping her move through her stuff and that's kind of the idea there and that's why they're placed in kind of proximity to one another that you're supposed to connect those two and maybe try and pull away from that a little bit it doesn't change that just the the facts of the facts that is that is the narrative that's the story that that chapter tells but yeah it's it is an interesting thing i would that would be one of the things that i would be really interested in asking um if i were to like you know interview david cage um and it's again we we've been talking about a lot about david cage it my understanding is that he very much takes ownership over the the stories in the games that he directs yeah i mean um, i feel like he's both creative director and writer yeah and he probably has other writers i'm sure he has people who help like him, there are definitely other writers involved yeah but my understanding is that it's it's very much a, a personal thing for him um but i'd be really curious about that it if only because i'm really curious about I, I'm sure that just general understanding and treatment of Native American culture is something that's just very different as someone born and raised in America versus someone who's not from here. Yeah. So I would be really, I would be very interested in um, 
some of the decisions made there or the reasoning behind them. Um, yeah, just I, I think that would be a, a really fascinating conversation. I wonder if there are, are interviews to to that extent or like what what he was going for there, because I think that, you know, we talked in the Beyond episode about some of the purposes that that chapter serves and used in, in Jody's narrative. Um, yeah, so I'd be really curious about some of the some of the reasons for that. I mean, because like, obviously, like we said, we all that was kind of the if not strictly unanimous, it was at least high up on everyone's list for like best part of that game. Anyone get anything else? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like we didn't talk about Stranger Things all that much in this, which is surprising. Not that I think that there's like necessarily more to say. I'm not like sitting on this big trove of Stranger Things stuff to to whip out if you know, if that were to come up. But I was a bit surprised about that. Just considering it is the most recent and it is the most tongue in cheek, like it feels like it's the one that's specifically talking about uh this as a topic, you know. I think what's part of it is that Beyond and Firestarter are pretty focusedly about these things. Yeah. And uh, Stranger Things is about this, but also a lot of other things. Yeah, I could see that. Also, it ended up pretty low on all of our lists for each question we asked. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a pleasant, pleasant Al- place. Although it is still my favorite of the three. Yeah. Yeah. I Like I, as a piece of media, it is by far my favorite of the three. I would agree. I agree. I think I would agree as well. I don't know if I like that. No, I'd say I probably liked it more than Firestarter. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, no, I think Firestarter. Hard. Yeah, Firestarter was fun, but Stranger Things was better. Yeah, Firestarter was a lot of fun, but like just as as a piece of media, Stranger Things I think has more merit to it. Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. If Stranger Things was only about the one thing, right? If it was just like Firestarter, I they might be a little, you know, there might be some parody mm-hmm. there. Um, but Stranger Things is in fact about several things. Strange, given the title, strange and otherwise, several um, different Stephen King books. Yeah. <laughs> it's about several of them. <laughs> But uh, and Close Encounters, not yet. Season two. Oh, crap. Yeah, man, that trailer. Yeah, it's more about ET. I was just like, I real fast digression. When I saw that, I was just like, this is literally the shot from Close Encounters, just over the other shoulder. Ah, it's the upside down version of Close Encounters. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, no, I would agree. I think I would agree. Stranger Things, I think, is the best one. I wonder if I think that's even because it does more things than this. I I think my big takeaway is the girls with gifts gathered by the government trope. It does not a satisfactory plotline make. You know, it's 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 not enough by itself. It's enough for fun, but it's it needs it needs more. Or maybe we just haven't seen it perfected because everybody adds more instead of trying to play on that plot line as as something other than just sort of a blockbuster yeah because i mean even beyond there's like more to it it's a little more directly just about that but it's also this like because they're trying to inject meaning into that game with like a like rumination on the after death in the afterlife yeah and and i guess we did talk about the fact there are several points in beyond where we felt like choices were made that that brought it to a worse plot line Mm -hmm. um then it could yeah yeah. it could have been and not by us choices were made by by quantic dream but so yeah so maybe that's maybe that is a way to think about it i don't know it it seems at least my my immediate takeaways at least from what we've seen it seems like it's a i don't know it's a difficult thing to to really make a lot more out of and maybe that's just because it's become pretty tropey unto itself yeah but interesting so what was the first thing that everybody saw winona rider in (laughs) oh beetlejuice that's her, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely Beetlejuice. Oh, then probably that. I was going to say, I don't know off the top of my head a lot of like the movies she was in, but it would have been. Uh, yeah, Beetlejuice, but... um, Edward Scissorhands, Girl Interrupted. Little Women. Little Women. Is that is that <laughs> your is that a suggestion you're throwing out, or is that also your answer? I think that's my answer. It's either Little Women or Beetlejuice. Yeah, I saw Beetlejuice when I was like, when did Beetlejuice come out in like the, the 80s, right? Or was it the 90s? I think it was the 80s. I don't remember. I believe it was the 80s, which means it was around already. But yeah, I saw it when I was pretty pretty young. I want to say the first thing that I saw her in was Girl Interrupted, because I don't think I... I, th- I don't remember seeing Beetlejuice until after that. Mm. I think mine would have to be Beetlejuice. I just don't remember the order in which I saw that and Edward Scissorhands. I definitely saw Beetlejuice first and Edward Scissorhands afterwards. and But I definitely saw Girl Interrupted first, which was came out in 1999, actually. Oh. 
Yes, it's uh, older than I would have guessed if someone had asked me to say, or asked me to guess when Girl Interrupted came out. Did everyone answer? Beetlejuice, so. Beetlejuice, Girl Don't Interrupted. Say it again. <laughs> and Cleo? Probably Little Women. Okay. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Beetlejuice. God, fuck. <laughs> All right. So on that, um, <laughs> I remember our next topic is Beetlejuice. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. We're going to be doing gonna... syncopated worlds. We're going to be reading Folding Beijing. We are going to be watching Elysium and we are going to be playing Bioshock Infinite. Uh, that will all be starting in the next episode with Folding Beijing. We are back to read. Um, but until then, this has been Corinne. Girls with gifts gathered by the government. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Read, Watch, Play. If you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is tell your friends about the show. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to find us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RWP Podcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash RWP Podcast. Check out our Tumblr at rwppodcast.tumblr.com. And look out for our game streams on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Play.